Hello, and welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. On today's episode of Disease Playbook, we are discussing soybean cyst nematode resistance. A heavy reliance on one form of SCN resistance is causing problems in soybean fields. Successful Farming Assistant Agronomy Editor Chelsea Dinterman spoke with North Dakota farmer Chandra Lane Seth to understand the pressures of SCN. Then Midwest agronomist Bill Backus gave his insight into upcoming products to address SCN. Before we get into the podcast, we'd like to thank our sponsor, FMC. Get uniform disease control with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Always read and follow all label directions. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. And now, back to the podcast. So to start off, can we just have you kind of describe your operation, kind of what you're growing, where you're located, everything like that? Yeah, so um, we are located in the very southeast part of North Dakota, so pretty close to South Dakota and Minnesota borders. Um, we're right on the edge of the Red River Valley, so... Um, we raise corn and soybeans, a little bit of alfalfa. Um, most, about half of our acreage is dry land and the other half is irrigated. So we're, we're not the traditional uh, Red River Valley farmers, we're right on the edge. And can you tell me a little bit about your experiences with SEN as a farmer? Kind of what are you thinking about and what have you seen in the past? Yeah, so I'll start with the past because I think we have kind of an interesting history with SEN management on our farm and it started uh, well before I was involved in the operation. So um, I always think of SEN as like a new pest in North Dakota, but it's not really. Um, it was first found in like a neighboring field uh, to one of ours in 2003. So been around for about 20 years. Um, and I think it was pretty lucky for us that that first initial find of SCN was so close to our farm because I think for my father-in-law in particular that like really propelled him to actively manage that pest because we knew it was right there and we knew it was something new and we knew it was something we didn't want long term so I give a lot of credit to my father-in-law in starting to actively manage SCN and then we're just trying to keep up with what he did um, and like his initial management of SCN was it involved like some sacrifices because there weren't like SEN resistant varieties available. I think there was like one, maybe two um, picking or peaking varieties. Um, and so they weren't really well suited for our ground. So he went four or five years with a pretty significant yield drag because that was the only SEN resistant variety available. Uh, then more things started to come online and it's been easier for us to manage currently. So I guess that was where we started. And then since then, like I said, it's just trying not to mess up what my father-in-law did 20 years ago. Uh, so we've, I think maybe since 2003, maybe one, two years where we had susceptible varieties growing on the farm, uh, just because we grew some like non-GMO food grade things. Um, but other than that, it's been all uh, resistant varieties. So, and then that's, that's mostly what we've been doing for management. Some soil testing, kind of keeping an eye on it, that kind of thing too. And what has you concerned about SCN? What about the pest makes you keep your eye on it so heavily? 
I think because of our rotation, uh, we're primarily corn and soybeans. Like I said, we have some alfalfa, but like that's one field, maybe two. And so um, that's not a huge part of our rotation. And we like our rotation of corn and soybeans. It does well for us economically and agronomically. And so we'd like to keep that. And so when, you know, a major pest that tends to build within the soil is affecting, you know, 50%, uh, you know, one of the two crops we raise, that's a pretty big deal. So I think it's more about Number one, growing a good soybean crop, you know, this year and next year, but also like long term, maintaining that as an effective or maybe effective is not the right word as, as a good uh, crop option for us. Like, I don't I don't want to lose that or get to the point where, you know, it's dragging down yield so much that we need to now consider adding another crop into rotation or something like that. And when you're making seed choices, how informed are you on the source of resistance for SCN? I think that's the part where I feel a little bit maybe in the dark or a little uneducated on what that source of resistance is. So like, you know, when we go to order seed, uh, we are making sure that it is an SCN resistant variety. But beyond that, I don't know too much. So like different seed catalogs will have different information. Um, some will tell you the source of resistance and typically that's peaking or 88788. Um, we're currently or we're currently growing seed beans for Bayer. So we're looking at Asgrow varieties. Um, all the varieties that we've grown for the last couple of years are R3. I believe that's yeah r3s that's an 88788 trade i don't exactly know what that means um and some seed companies like it'll just say yes it's resistant but it won't tell me the source so i feel a little in the dark on like what that source of resistance is and i know that it's more complicated so like with 88788 not all 88788 varieties are created equal in terms of resistance so how do as a grower i know that I also know that I'm told I'm supposed to switch up my sources of resistance. Um, sometimes that's an option, but lately that hasn't been. So that's the part where I feel like I'm not doing the best job, but I also don't really know how or what to do. And I don't want to be shopping around forever. There's lots of other decisions that we need to make when we're selecting our soybean variety. It's not just SCN. So it, that that is that is the part right now that I'm probably most, I don't know if concerned, but just most uncomfortable with. And you touched on my next question just a little bit. How do you make seed decisions um, and what are you looking at in regards to SEN and other issues that you might want to be looking at in your seed? Yeah, I think it's kind of a balance. Right now, we kind of have it easy because we are growing, uh, we're doing seed production for Bayer. So they kind of tell us what varieties are going to work the best. And we can always say no, but they're good at selecting varieties that make sense for our ground. So our options are pretty limited because they have beans that they need production of. And so we can kind of pick between a handful of varieties, but they've done a really nice job selecting those for us that make sense agronomically. If we weren't doing that and I was just kind of back to normal seed catalog shopping around between different companies, um, again, one of the kind of deal breakers, it has to be an SCN resistant variety. I don't spend a lot of time shopping around between the source, again, because I don't really know that I'm knowledgeable enough to make some of those decisions. So, um, so I feel like, again, maybe not doing such a good job on that. Um, 
maturity group would be obviously the other one that we're looking at a lot. And then about half of our acres are really susceptible to iron deficiency chlorosis. So like our higher pH, higher carbonate soils, uh, we have to pick a bean that is well-suited for IDC ground on those acres. So that's probably, those are probably my three biggest ones. And then you're looking at other, you know, other disease packages or, or probably herbicide packages would be the other one. Um, but on the agronomic side, maybe some, some disease, white mold, although that's kind of like just environment driven anyway. So I don't know how much that matters. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the main things we're looking at. So there are a lot of things that come into play for that variety selection. It's not just SCN. And are there any other things you're doing to mitigate risk for SCN, like soil sampling or seed treatments? Yeah. Um, so both of those, we soil sample, I would like to soil sample every soybean field every year. So that would be kind of on a rotation, but it's probably more every other year, every third year that I'll get out there and actually sample just depending on timing. We're kind of a unique operation in that we do a lot of the agronomy in-house. So I don't hire a soil sampler or a private consultant. Um, we're doing all of that ourselves just because number one, I like doing that and it just, it just works for us. So, um, so I do try to soil sample and our numbers have been pretty consistently low, uh, for SCN when I sample the whole field. If I go on and sample little hot spots, field edges, low areas, uh, then I can get some big SCN numbers. So, but I think overall, like we're holding pretty steady on those, which is good. Um, and that means that the varieties we're selecting are holding that resistance. So like that makes me feel, feel good. And that's another way we can kind of keep it in check. Um, we do also use seed treatment, but only on about half the farm. Um, we've used Saltro. I think currently we're using Olivo for the last couple of years. Um, and that's mostly because we found sudden death syndrome. Um, on our farm probably three, maybe four years ago now. So that's a little bit more to combat some of that. Um, but maybe there's some double positives there. I don't know. And are you hearing any of the similar concerns from other farmers about SEN and not knowing about resistance sources and things like that? Um, you know, I'm sure that's a concern, maybe more from their agronomist level too, I'm thinking of that. But I think we're I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're a little bit in the place where, well, the seed catalog says the variety I'm growing is resistant to SCN, so I'm good. And, and I think that we're all kind of have become maybe a little too comfortable with that. So my concern is like, how do we continue to be proactive? Like my father-in-law was in 2003, so that we are switching up that source of resistance so that I don't get myself into a situation where say I don't soil sample for a couple of years and all of a sudden my SCN levels went from 50 to 5,000 and now I'm kind of in a hurt bag. So like that's what I'm trying to avoid. So I'm, I'm sure and I know there are farmers that are very well aware of this as well as agronomists that are making a lot of those seed decisions with their growers or seed salesmen or ladies or whatever, you know, so I think there's a lot of those conversations that are happening, but I'm a little bit worried that we are just very comfortable with the fact that it's a resistant variety, we're good to go. And I'm worried that we're not taking the opportunity to stay ahead of SCN by switching up that source of resistance. So that's, I think that's more of my concern. I think sometimes maybe I can get a little bit negative on like, 
well, seed companies, they don't have a lot of options or their seed catalogs don't tell me enough information. And, and I want to be real clear in that, like, I respect the work that they do. And I understand that breeding and SEN resistance is a super complicated process that I do not understand. And so I'm not trying to come across as negative and not appreciative of the work that they do, because I know that, you know, there's people that that's their whole life's work. And, and I am excited that there's people working on that. I just want to make sure I'm doing everything I can on our farm so that we don't get ourselves into a situation that isn't ideal where we're losing soybean yield to SEN because we didn't proactively or we didn't select varieties correctly. Like that's what I want to avoid. So I'm not trying to dog on on seed companies at all. After this short break, Chelsea talks with Midwest agronomist Bill Backus to hear his perspectives on products to address soybean cyst nematode pressure. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. And now back to the podcast. And to give me a little bit of background, can you tell me why SCN is such a big deal to farmers right now? Yeah, soybean cyst nematode is the number one uh, yield robbing pest that's out there. It's kind of call it a silent robber as uh, you, you really don't, you know, typically don't see a lot of symptomology uh, from the pest and uh, it just continues to, you know, rob yields from us uh, year over year. Uh, we, we've done a lot of uh, soil tests. It's the only way you can find it. And uh, it's pretty much in every single field out there uh, at, at various levels uh, throughout the state of Iowa and throughout the entire Midwest. And what options have been commonly available to farmers to kind of increase resistance in their seeds to SEN? Yeah, so the, the number one thing that, uh, you know, when we when we talk to a customer and we look at, we want to focus on selecting a variety first, right? I, I like to say it all starts with the seed and, and everything we do there. So the options uh, that we've had in the seed selection side of it have really been uh, the Peking trait and the PI8, PI88788 tra uh, native traits. So uh, PI8788 has been the dominant trait for years and uh, is starting to lose its effectiveness. And uh, that's really the, the big focus of, of why we're looking at that. So Peking's coming on. They're finally getting some more varieties out there. Uh, it is an option, you know, to, to rotate through those, but you still got to find the right variety first. Uh, when you look at that. So, uh, but Peking does work, it does help it, uh, but we want to make sure we have customers rotate those native traits, Peking, you know, for, and then back to PA788 and not do Peking on Peking on Peking. So that's definitely something we're looking at and we're trying to coach a lot of customers through. And can you tell me a little bit about why PI88788 has been the dominant source and kind of what has caused that reliance on that one thing? Yeah, so so when they, a little, little soybean history, we go back several years, but, you know, soybeans are, are native actually to, to China. And, and when, we, when we brought the soybeans over, you know, over 100 years ago over here to the States and really, you know, been using them uh, in the area uh, to, to in a corn, corn soybean rotation, uh, really, PI8788 was the first one that uh, uh, really was easily bred into the soybean lines. So it, it became a more dominant uh, source of uh, SCN resistance. And uh, year over year over year, 
you know, that's what the breeders have been able to utilize. Uh, Peking is so much harder uh, for a soybean uh, breeder to uh, to breed with and, and get a, a yield, a variety that will yield uh, and actually perform with all the, the traits that we we want it to do for the characteristics, I should say. Uh, you know, and it's just been harder to get that done. So, so PI8788 became the dominant trait, uh, you know, for years here. And, and I'd probably go back into the, uh, oh, late, uh, late 80s, early 90s, uh, when, when we, you know, really started getting things done uh, here. So we've been really relying on that for, for over 30 years. And, uh, you know, we're starting to, starting to see some resistance develop to using that one native trait. So Peking's been out there. Uh, there's other sources as well other than those two, uh, but those are the two most prevalent and uh, Peking does help and it does work. Uh, but again, it's not quite as durable as PI8878 as we found, uh, but it is a good source uh, to rotate into that uh, uh, corn soybean rotation. And, and especially if you've got high levels of soybeans as nematode pressure. And I know BASF is working on developing a BT trait that will help with SCN. Can you tell me a little bit about what that process has looked like and when farmers might expect to see that? Yeah, so so uh, BASF's uh, soybean, it's a BT trait. It's very specific uh, to a soybean cyst nematode here in the in North America. It's also uh, for the soybean cyst nematode, and it's also for the root lesion nematode in South America. So we, we've identified uh, two uh, nematodes that it's going to be uh, protect against. But it's a BT uh, protein. So if you think about BT corn, it, it's you know it's a BT protein. It's very specific to that. So above ground in the corn, and this one's very specific to below ground. Uh, obviously for the soybean cyst nematode, and uh, again only expressed in the root tissue. And uh, again, it's going to be a, a great tool. Uh, once we receive regulatory approval, uh, expecting that uh, end of decade, uh, this this uh, this decade, so 28, 29, 2028, 2029, somewhere in that uh, time frame, uh, once we get uh, all regulatory approvals done, uh, we're, we at BASF are currently breeding with it in our Zatavo soybean lines, and so we'll be uh, stacking that with the Enlist E3 trait, and uh, be Enlist E3 uh, by the nematode-resistant soybean. Uh, we do not have a name for it yet, so I'll expect a name sometime here in the near, near future, and we'll be talking a lot more about it when we get to that point. And what is at risk for soybean farmers if more resistant sources like this BT trait aren't developed? Uh, great question. So, so as we look at down the road here, we're seeing that uh, the what we call the soybean cyst nematode yield gap is uh, continues to grow year over year because you know a lot of farmers have been uh, you know realizing uh, you know 60 bushel beans you know as a successful crop and that sort of thing and they as they they continue to say hey I can't get past a certain yield level uh, you know I definitely want to encourage uh, people to take a soybean cyst uh, nematode test out there and find out their yield levels and and that's what it just continues to uh, cause issues and, and it's a silent yield robber. Uh, we do have uh, BASF, we do promote a Levo as a seed treatment, and that is one other piece of the puzzle that we want to make sure we we stack that uh, seed treatment on top of everything we're talking about here with the varieties and uh, rotation and uh, put that in the uh, Peking and, and or the PI8788 on that soybean seed and uh, really get to go after this pest. Gotcha. And so in the meantime, what can farmers do to extend the life of the resistant sources that we do have? Yeah, so as I talked earlier, continue to do the rotation, uh, corn soybean rotation and or, a, you know, a corn corn soybean rotation or whatever you do, you know, try not to do a soybean on soybean rotation, whatever you can do there. But rotate these sources of the native resistance, the uh, P88788 and Peking, make sure you don't uh, try not to do same variety, for example. So I have a lot of customers that will find a variety that they like and they like to go, do the same variety year over year and they'll put it back on the same farm. 
Uh, so we do we do see different levels of resistance development there too. So if if we have somebody do that, so we want to make sure we rotate varieties. We want to make sure we rotate the uh, sources of this native resistance, and then also uh, you know like I mentioned, utilize that uh, Levo. Uh, seed treatment, uh, which again is the only uh, seed treatment that has uh, uh, protection against sudden death syndrome and soybean cyst nematode on the market today. I think that's everything I had for you. Is there anything else you think farmers need to know about soybean cyst nematode? Yeah, so so again, I, I get started. It starts with the seed. So so make sure you pick that best variety uh, that you can find. There's a lot of sources out there that uh, do, for example, Iowa State University uh, publishes their uh, soybean cyst nematode yield trials every year, so definitely check those out. Uh, they they sort through the varieties and, and put them in some high yield or high pressures where there's some high uh, soybean cyst nematode counts. And uh, definitely get out and uh, uh, check your fields. Uh, do a, add that a little piece to the soil test. Um, and again, encourage uh, just pick the right variety. Use the uh, uh, use the different sources. Use the seed treatment and then reuse rotation and really just continue to uh, evaluate and, and figure out what you have. So get a baseline set and understand that and just continue to work work through that year after year and, and just try and raise as many beans as we can. This podcast is brought to you by FMC. You can read more about SCN Resistance in Successful Farming Magazine and agriculture.com.